Welcome to Sparking Action. This is a podcast that showcases ordinary people creating extraordinary lives through the power of inspired action. My name is Vera Ilnitsky, a marketer, life coach, and passionate advocate for healthy and active living. In Sparking Action, I have informative and inspiring conversations with people who have taken and are taking bold action to change their life, reach amazing goals, make a positive impact on the world, and create success on their own terms. My intent is to create a supportive space that inspires, informs, and motivates, because I truly believe that learning from others can spark our own inspired action to create positive change, reach our goals, and gain momentum for better living. One of my intentions with my podcast is to have inspiring conversations with people of all ages, backgrounds, and experiences, because I believe we can learn so much from different perspectives. My guest today is Linda Dudar, who has years of leadership experience and success as a teacher, administrator, professor, and dean of education. Linda says she's retired, but she continues to stay active and focused on her mission of making a difference in the world. In our conversation, we talk about so many things, including the importance of believing in yourself, having trust, and being open to possibilities. We talk about faith, resiliency, and gratitude. Linda also talks about servant leadership, turning fear into love, and the knowing that when good people come together, great things happen. I was so inspired by this conversation, and I know you will as well. Hi, Linda. Welcome to Sparking Action. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have this conversation and learn from you and um, hear your wisdom. I thought we would start with a pivotal time in your life when you took some really bold action and you went back to school to pursue your PhD. And I'm just so curious about what made you make that decision, what you learned, and a little bit about that journey. Well, thank you for that. You know, there, there are times in our life where we make the decision to do something that is more drastic and you you take a risk in doing so and the motivation behind you know going back to school and doing a doctorate really stemmed from a a conversation that I was listening to as part of my workplace and they were they were talking about um, you know we could probably do this program but well there's there's probably no no sense in doing it. So when I pursued a little bit, I said, why is that? And they said, well, changes like these are, uh, are really difficult. And by the time we do it, um, it's going to take too long. We'll probably be transferred from this workplace to, to another workplace. And, you know, it's hard to convince people and there's all kinds of challenges associated. And that just stuck with me. I thought it's, that's just wrong. Whether you're working with children or working with teachers or, or individuals, if we can make the world a better place. And you'll probably hear me say this a couple of times, but to make, to make a difference and make things for the better was really important. So as it, um, as it turned out, you know, I, I contemplated on that for a while and it wasn't going to leave me anytime soon. And it was just a matter of how am I going to do this? I'm working right now. It means I'm going to go back to school for four, five, six years. Um, there's an amazing amount of money that's involved with it. So um, it was a matter of getting over those, those little pieces or big pieces. Well, money, but also time and commitment, right? Absolutely. The, um, the, the time, you know, one of the things that you do when, when you make 
any decision uh, in life is, I, I think it's important to surround yourself with really great people. And I don't mean famous people or popular people, but people that believe in you and who you are and what you do. And I was really blessed to have those people in my life that said, Linda, you can do this. And when it came to the time piece, you know, the advice that I got was, you will always be able to find a way to make the time. It'll happen because anyone that is really passionate um, can make it work. And it doesn't mean you have to throw the rest of your life away for X number of years while you're doing this. And with the money piece, it was a matter of having calling a family meeting and saying, this is what I'd like to do, but I don't want to do any damage or take away from family vacations or whatever. And again, you know, the family was incredibly supportive and I was very, very grateful for that. And I think the, the other challenge that I faced was individuals who weren't sure about why I was going to do what I was going to do. So it was a different kind of peer pressure, if you will. They would say, you know, I would hear things like, well, what are you doing this for? And it's going to cost a lot of money, you know, and you might not pass in the end, like it might not all work out. And uh, you don't you don't have to do this in order to enhance your career or whatever the case may be. So why are you bothering? And I think that piece uh, was something that I had to um, continue to um, reflect on and believe in myself. This is what I want to do. Th these are the reasons why I want to do it. And I'm moving, I'm moving forward. What did you say to those naysayers? Well, you know, <laughs> you know, people, people have good in them and sometimes they, they go through not so good times. So depending on the timing of when you hear those kinds of messages, I think understanding where they're coming from is important. And it changed, it shifts from being angry and frustrated and, and telling them off, if you will, which, but to saying, I'm, I'm just going to take some time to explain things and help them understand if they're willing to listen. And if not, you know, you just, you let it go. You're already, uh, we used to have a, a saying that if you're already on the bus for change, and somebody isn't getting on the bus, you know, you welcome them, but it's okay. You know, this is the direction I'm going and, and you don't have to, you don't have to agree with it. Well, like you said, it's surrounding yourself with people that do support you and that do love you and that will encourage you no matter what, and not really question your decisions. And I think that's really important. And that's really key. And sometimes we need to almost somehow cut those people out of our lives that aren't that way. And I just wonder what you think about that. I, I don't, I don't know about cut them out because I think if I, I would hope that if I was, you know, being negative, I hope I, I'm not, but if I was, I had a, a, you know, a bad attitude towards something that, that people would, you know, try to uh, try to help along, you know, if they're, if they're not well, or if they're in a bad place, um, but I think what really does help is um, knowing who you are and you can, you know, it's, it's about uh, getting up in the morning and saying, this is who I am. And I'll, I'll probably share a little bit about that because some people know me as, you know, you were, you were a Dean of education or you were a principal at a certain school or you're a choir director at a church or you are whatever it is, you just published a book and, and those titles that's true enough um 
but who I really am is a, a little girl from Manitoba um, that was born and raised <laughs> on a farm. I didn't speak a word of uh, English. I spoke fluent Ukrainian and um, I was raised as Christian Catholic and in my Ukrainian culture. And that's where in, in Ukrainian, there's a word called Korinya. And that's, it means roots. And that's where my roots are and will always be. So, you know, it's funny how you talk about it and your, your voice gets choked up, but that's, that's just the, that's the truth of who I am. Who we become is kind of a reminder in our journey about, you know, what can we do at a certain place in a certain time? And for me, it's what can I do to make the world a better place? Yeah, you've mentioned that. And I wanted to big, dig a little bit deeper into that because I think having a purpose or a why is so important, especially when you're going through big changes. And that's what you said. You decided to go back to pursue your doctorate, which was obviously a big change for a lot of different reasons, but you really wanted to make a difference in people's lives. And I can really sense that when you say that. And how did you find out that that was your kind of North star, your guiding light. And what does that mean to you making a difference? Well, that's, that's a great segue into uh, the power of faith. And I could not do what I do um, without having that belief that I am here for a purpose. I am a child of God. And there are things that I may be asked to do in different different points of our life. And it's I, I laugh about this now, but you know, you talk about God tapping you on the shoulder to say, you know, do you think you could do this for me? And I wasn't I wasn't a person that would answer yes very quickly. And you know, when the first idea comes to mind, I'd say, oh no, no, no. And I I would be able to list all the reasons why I couldn't do this. You know, this is a really busy time and I'm, you know, I'm not going to go in that direction because I'm already settled here, all those kinds of excuses. And then with the words that I use is, then he taps you again and said, well, will you do this? And after a while, you know, he's not going away. And um, it's just amazing how many times in my life um, you can tell the difference when it's that kind of a, a mission or vocation. Um, you can do things like test your values. What are your values in life? Where does that, where should that direct you? You can do online tests, et cetera. But when, when there is an opportunity and you know that it is for you, um, being able to say yes without any conditions. Um, you know, right now I'm in many times in my life, I would do something just like I shared as, you know, with the doctorate. And people would say, what are you doing this for? What are you going to do when you're done? And it's a little weird to say, I don't know, but when I get there, I'll let you know. And it, you know, it had happened a number, a number of times, um, leaving a school district that I was with for 25 years and moving to a university where a program was just being started to become their dean of education was just the wildest thing I had ever thought would happen. And when I, I came to learn that everywhere you go, when good people come together, um, amazing, amazing things happen. So whether it's students or whether it's faculty or teachers, 
um, when you call great, great people, great things happen, and you're just a small part of that process, and it becomes, it becomes, uh, it becomes a success. But you get to share that with a with a community that you're working with. How do you tap into that faith or that knowing that this is the right decision? I think. Uh, thank you for that. There are so many ways, and I think. There are as many unique ways as there are individuals that want to tap into that faith. Um, things that come to mind is a willingness to be open and to be able to say yes. Um, a surrender that it's not about me. There's something greater and bigger um, in this world, and I'm just a very small part of it. And and being willing to listen and watch and um, trust. I think, you know, when I, uh, my master's degree was in, in the element of trust. And I did a study of three individuals that were highly respected and very successful. And the one key element that each one of them did was they had an incredible trust with the people that they worked with. And that was a very powerful piece. And, you know, sometimes even though we trust and we hope people trust us, we let them down, we make mistakes, um, and we're human. So, you know, that whole element of trust and forgiveness and, uh, and love, it, it just comes together. But how is uh, not up to us to really worry about in terms of I can't hear something or I can't see something or I don't think my prayers are answered or... I go to church, whatever it might be. Um, I think it's it, it's more from the heart and the soul and the willingness to be uh, open to something bigger. Yeah. Do you talk about those things with your colleagues in terms of being open and um, can you talk about being heart centered and faith? You know, those are words that we don't often hear in the business world or maybe even in like our secular world. So I'm just so curious, like how you bring that up with your colleagues or how do you talk about that with people? You know, uh, yes, I do. And I love it. I love talking about our Lord and our Savior and spirituality. And I love those conversations. They're so powerful and so healing in so many ways. But it's really important to recognize that people are on a journey and sometimes they're not ready for that conversation. And even though you may be super passionate or, um, you know, want to be able to, to share everything, there is a sensitivity and a gentleness that you need to keep in mind. So, you know, usually it, it, uh, you're, you're listening, if it's another individual or if it's a group of individuals, you, you can have a, a sense of how far to take things. And then... And then, you know, it's like a suitcase. That's enough to carry for today. The suitcase is full. Leave more for another day. Yeah, you talked about trust and creating trust and that that's such a catalyst for creating things bigger than ourselves. And I wonder how you go about creating trust with those that you're working with and, and giving us some tips on how to do that in our own lives. Sure, thank you. Um, one of the things I'm doing now, and it wasn't just now, but doing, you know, there's an, an author of Robert Greene, 
Greenleaf, and it, he he writes a book on servant leadership. And people say, yeah, I know the author, and I know the book, and I've read the book, or what have you. But the difference of servant leadership compared to so many other kinds of leadership styles and and characters is that you you don't have the elevated uh, um, the elevated place in your community or your workplace or whatever, you are serving other people. So whether you're hosting those people at your home, uh, if it's a, a, you know, a celebration, or whether you are bringing in breakfast, or whether you are, you know, remembering their birthday or whatever small things, when you do that, those are, those are all little deposits of love. And and getting to know somebody and giving them an opportunity to receive that. And I think over time that trust is built and being open as much as, you know, and sometimes in, in different uh, work situations, you know, there are things that are confidential and not confidential, but being open about this is the way it is. Um, as difficult as that might be um, at times, uh, to be able to tell them the truth. And uh, so those, those all, I mean, there are other things, but those, those are a couple of things that come to mind. Mm -hmm. Do you ever have doubts? And if so, how do you overcome that? Hmm. You know, it brings to mind a, a story. I remember being a, a young administrator and uh, I was, I was certain that I was destined to be transferred to a particular school. I could tell you all the reasons why, you know, that school needed my services. And, um, you know, I, that job was, you know, made just for me and I was totally confident. And so the closer the time came, the more my, my uh, excitement and, you know, it grew uh, only to find out when the letter came, it wasn't me. And uh, I have to also say that, you know, I prayed about that, you know, dear God, this is, this is for me, you know, this, you know, me, you know, blah, 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 blah. It was all about, you know, it was kind of scripting the whole thing. And, um, and that, that's not the way it turned out. As it turned out, um, I ended up staying at the particular school that I was at. And when the fall time came, I was curious to see who was going to get this job, you know, like who, who could possibly, you know, <laughs> assume these duties only to find out that the numbers, the enrollment numbers had dropped and the position was eliminated. And you become very humble, very quickly. So then your prayer changes too. you get back down on your knees and go, okay, do you remember when I said this and I thought I knew everything that I was, you know, um, that was meant for me. So, you know, sure, there are, there are lots of moments of doubt. And, um, but you, I think it gets easier. One of the things with, with age maybe is a little bit more wisdom that you go, okay, not everything is going to turn out the way I want it to turn out. And in doing the, the doctorate that I did was all about changes, making huge changes with organizations and how to do them very quickly. And it was a study of leaders that did these amazing changes. And so the question was, what was their secret? 
like what did they do? How did they do it? They were turning schools around and districts around and implementing things that other schools wouldn't dream of implementing. So what what did they do? So I traveled all over interviewing these leaders, wanting to find the secret. And it resulted in a model that I built, which is part of the, the PhD piece. Um, and a big part of that was being resilient and expecting that bad things are going to happen. And knowing when it happens, you don't go, oh, my gosh. Uh, you say, oh, there it is. Okay, I knew this was going to happen. This is how I'm going to rebound from this. This is how I'm going to recover from it. It's almost like you have a plan in place. Um, so the model of change would, you know, that's a that's a long story, but it's it's a, a several steps of when you want to make a big change in an organization or in your life, what's the first thing you do? And then what? And then what? And then what? What do you do when you're up against conflict? What do you do when you're when you have naysayers that won't support you? And not every change is sustainable for the rest of your life. Maybe a change is only meant to last for five years or 10 years or two years. So knowing the difference between what is sustainable and what um, is not sustainable. And, and once your, your due date has come, then the willingness to let go and check it off and say, okay, well done, move on to the next thing. Okay, a lot of questions come to me from that. So I really appreciate that. Why do you think change is so hard? on people, because as much as we know, life changes, things happen, and we know that we need to be rolling with those punches, so to speak, but yet it's so challenging for us. And just like, why is that? Yeah. Um, well, uh, for some people, they love change. They embrace it and they go, oh, this is great. There's, this is the opportunities that I look forward to. And for others, um, it can come as a shock you know, in, in terms of, you know, a job, a workplace change, or an or a illness, or a new program, or what have you. And it's very disrupting. So when we when we think through, you know, some for those that are watching this, this podcast, when you think through, what am I going to do today, you have an idea of what I'm going to do this, 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 this. And that's sort of what it's like, in our workplace and with our families and and then all of a sudden that gets taken away and something else is going to happen and you're not prepared for it. You don't know there's uncertainty if it's going to be successful. And then you look around and you see the people in your life that are rattled and that's disturbing to watch. There's a whole mess of things that happen when, when people go through change and it's that letting go of what is in the past and moving into the future. We also have a, a, a way of thinking, you know, when, when something comes to us, we think, oh, yes, I remember back when that was, you know, that was a similar situation. So we tend to think backwards about what happened in, in history, as opposed to what might be possible in moving into the future. Hmm. I guess it is all about resiliency, isn't it? And, and I'm hearing that word a lot these days, mm-hmm. especially in terms of the pandemic, like people either are resilient or aren't resilient and how are we going to come out of this and see those opportunities so you're right I think some people look at it more negatively and they don't they just see the bad things and other people look at the opportunities and I just wonder how we can shift towards moving more into the positive mind frame of well what are the opportunities here how do we how do we get to that mindset versus the 
oh my goodness, something's terrible happening and it's all fear and I'm not sure what's going to happen and I'm scared. And then you kind of go down that negative spiral. Right. I love, I love that you said fear. Um, so right now I have a family member who has a, a child who's very, very, very ill. And the fear is just beyond words. You know, um, are they going to make it through this surgery or are they going to be well and are they going to be returned to good health? And that's, that's the case for many of us that have gone through that in our lives. And, you know, so during the day, we, we chat as family, we pray together as family, we have kind of have a 10 o'clock gathering time, 10 o'clock in the morning, when I look at the clock, wherever we are, you know, we kind of say a, a little prayer in our own words, and that helps to hold us together. So the fear aspect, what I, what I share uh, with, with my family and with other individuals is it's fear that will kill you because it's going to start by messing with your mind and putting in evil thoughts and going to immediate conclusions of past practices that have turned out horrible. And it will, you know, it'll make you physically ill. And, you know, the words that I'll, I'll share with them individuals is you you don't want to go there. And every time you start feeling afraid, what we do is we turn it into love. So we replace fear with love. What can I, sometimes I don't even know what to say to my, my family members. All I say is, you know, I love you and I'm here for you. And I will think of something to do, send them a little text or an email or think of something else or, you know, call another family member. But Every time the thought of fear comes in my mind, I refuse because I know it's going to mess with me and it's going to try to destroy me. So I'm not going there. And uh, people that know me really well, if, if they, you know, if they say to me, oh, Lindy, you can't do that. It's just like, oh, now you did it because I'm, they know that I am so driven that I am, I'm not going to listen to the fear aspect of it. So can't, can't isn't a word. I'm not going to entertain that. Are there going to be times in my life that I'm going to be crushed and sad? Absolutely. But I will choose not to live that way. I really, really appreciate that. And I think I agree with you. Fear is really taking over a lot of people these days, especially. And I love that you're talking about, well, first of all, I love that you're talking about turning it into love, but you're very intentional about that. You've made a decision. You've said, I'm not going to go that way. I'm going to go the way of love instead. And I'm going to choose how I react to these situations. And I think that's so powerful to be able to say that. Any techniques or advice around that? Like, how do you, how do you choose to do that? How do you become intentional in making those more positive decisions? There, there, I think just accepting that there are times in our life where we're not sure how things are going to turn out. Um, the most recent change, if you will, is um, choosing to retire, at least for the, for the time being, and thinking, okay, now what? There is no plan. There is no particular strategy or um, goals. So I found myself, you know, reevaluating. So what, what's important to you, Linda? What, what are the values? Who are, what is it that you want to do? And, and uh, 
accepting the fact that you're you're older now. Like, how much time do you have left? And what can I do to the best of my ability? So uh, that being open, going back, going back to being open and trusting is being able to have the very best days. So I found in the, in the first little while, I had an opportunity to spend time with family and I was so grateful for that. And then there was an opportunity to do a little bit of traveling and I was thrilled about doing that because I love to travel. And then there was this and there was that. And then the phone call came and said, have you ever thought about, and here we go again. No, I've never done that. But you know, do you think you could think about that and get back to me? And I put the phone down going, I don't know where that call came from. And here you go. You're having a conversation with somebody and they tell you about somebody that some, you know, somebody's doing something and you'd be really good at that. And you go, oh, well, thank you for that. So just being, just being open and not always having a plan. And I love a plan. As a teacher, man, I had the daily plan, the weekly plan, the monthly plan, the long range plan, the yearly plan. And I, um, you know, you, you live on a clock in, in a school setting. So every time the bell rang, you were switching your plan to the next thing. So not having a plan, really, it was very strange. But once I got over that, you, I realized that having no plan was actually a gift that I could be open to say, okay, I can do this and that. And it'll it'll all come together. So that's a that's a little bit about, you know, how do you know what your intentions are um, and who you are to be the best that you can be, um, to, to love others, to make a difference, and to be able to use your gifts. Um, and sometimes other people will notice our gifts, um, but we don't maximize our gifts. And, you know, I, I have read, you know, several years ago that we only use such a small percentage of what we have the ability to learn and to do. And if only we let go and said, I'm going for it. I'm doing this big thing. An example would be in the world of music. So I was, uh, I was raised as a, my father and mother were cantors in the church. I sang with them. I sang in Ukrainian and English. And and that just came natural. And I played the piano and I sang little songs for celebrations and things like that. And someone said one day, you know, have you ever, have you thought about writing music? Well, here we go. No, 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 no. I don't do that. I just, you know, give me a song and I'll play it for you. Well, the day I decided to start writing music, that just became another world of a gift for people organizations that asked me to do that and it was and to be able to share that there were and watch the joy in other individuals was so amazing so I guess the message I would take away from that would be if there's something that any of the viewers have that they are just a little bit intimidated about go oh, I don't know go for it and you know that if things don't work out that's okay um, you won't, you won't uh, be sitting in your rocking chair one day, uh, regretting that you did. And I remember one exercise I, I did a long time ago, and I've done with several of the teachers that I worked with was, imagine you are 110, you're sitting in that rocking chair, and you peer over the side and you see yourself as you are right now listening to this podcast. 
and then pick up a piece of paper and write the young person, the young you, uh, a letter, a one-page letter. What would you say? And, you know, a, a number of individuals have found that to be so powerful and they, they read what their interior wisdom, their, yeah, the wisdom inside of them, and it just mobilizes them to do what it is that they wanted to do. Oh, that's a powerful exercise. I think though, you're right. It's, it's giving ourselves the space and the time to actually do that because there's so much noise in our world today. We're, we're on social media all the time or in front of zoom meetings or in front of the television and there's just so much stimulation. So I think it's finding that, that quiet time to actually listen to ourselves. Like I hear you saying you're so you're so confident about what your values are and who you are as a person. And I think a lot of people aren't that way. Like they don't really know what their values are, or maybe they're just not listening to that inner voice. Do you have any daily practices that you do to tap into that and to, to kind of have some of that stillness and quiet? Thank you. There, there are a few things that I will think about each day um, or each week. And it comes from either things that I've read or people that I've met or other practices that I've observed and said, wow, that really works for that people. That's kind of the goodness of gifts that you get from other individuals. One thing that I've used for, for so many, so many years now is from Stephen Covey. And it was making that list, you know, taking a page and drawing a drawing a, you know, a kind of a cross down the page in four corners and, and putting in the left-hand corner, what is urgent in my life right now? And the next one is what is important, but not urgent. And what is, you know, urgent, but not important. And what's neither, not urgent and not important. And there are things that just kind of get fuzzy in our, in our time during the day. And that helped me so much because we carry a lot of stuff on our mind. And we're trying to remember this, remember that. We've got lists everywhere. And we've got stuff in the fridge. And we've got stuff that we pass on to family members. And then we usually I would do it Sunday night. And I would say, okay, the week's coming up. And I would just put it all on the page and just get it out there. And then as I went through the week, it, first of all, the first good thing was that it left my mind and it went on the page. So I could sleep that night. And sometimes the page will scare you because you go, oh, my gosh, I need two pages because i got so many things to do. And but once you start working through those tasks, there is a an out, there's a the the feeling of accomplishment. Did that? Did that? You can combine things together and fly through the list and include other things that you never thought that you would have time for. So that's that's one thing that was really helpful. On my on my shelf behind me, I have the Serenity Prayer, and sometimes um, we think we have to fix it all. And that's so not going to happen. So, you know, you know, God granting me the serenity um, to, to change the things that I can and courage um, to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Um, when we're really busy and we're in a leadership role, we feel we have to fix everything. So when you stop and say, is this something that I want? to get involved in, or is this not urgent and this is not important? And if you don't know, um, you know, the, uh, the alpha group, and I've just most recently been so, so amazing. 
would say, talk to God about it and, and have an opportunity to just listen and see as opposed to stressing about it. So that's, that's one thing. Uh, so the Stephen Covey, you know, reading, um, the, I didn't read a lot as a, as a kid growing up. You know, we were on the farm, we were always busy. So reading came like late at night and you fall asleep with the, the book from school or what have you. And then reading, when I went to university and stuff, it was like demand reading. You got to read all the stuff and you have to write up about it and stuff. So it wasn't for enjoyment. Well, now it's just like an addiction, but such a good addiction. Because for me, what it does when, when that tank is empty, whether it be spiritually or intellectually or what have you, it just fills you up again. And I'm energized from it. Um, we have we have two boys, and uh, I remember telling them about that that balance of life. You know, they, you have to make sure that you know you're balancing, you know, physically, intellectually, socially, emotionally, spiritually, and walk through your day and see if there's a part uh, a part of you that's that that's uh, you know draining a little bit. So reading is a is a big part of it, and breathing. You know, there are there are a number of programs out there that want you to breathe and stretch and. That's, that's all great, but whatever it is that you love to do, whether it's walking and enjoying nature, whether it is, you know, stretching your body to feel <laughs> more healthy um, or swimming or what have you, those are such a key, key piece. And um, <clears throat> right now I'm in, in, a, in a course called Women in Leadership. So there's 12 women in, in Canada, across Canada, that are all on this journey. So it's a one-year journey. And it's going to be, again, how did this happen, right? I'm retired, remember. And it is so cool. And I'm so grateful to have these women in my life and the amazing, amazing instructors that uh, are with them. So it's like having a life coach in a way, right? So one of the things that we were asked to do is create a symbol of leadership. And... You know, so this week, that's something we're going to talk about. You know, what, what do you think of when you think of leadership? And, you know, one of, one of the symbols that I thought about, uh, well, first of all, from the spiritual was the cross. Because if we have a really good, strong, strong relationship with, um, with God, then if that pillar is really strong, then this, this part of the cross, we can reach out to other people. So that's something that we shared with you know, kids in, in school and with our faith. But what comes to mind is uh, a flock of geese and that whole symbolism of flying together. And that bird that is at the front at times gets tired or gets retired maybe. So they fall back and they cheer to me and they flap and encourage the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the flock to keep going. And that's kind of what we're like in life when we have a group of people around us we don't all have the same gifts so there are times when we're not taking the lead and we're following and we're letting somebody else do that for a while and we cheerlead that on or we take on a different role and and but together you reach that destination and it's really beautiful so you know for the for the viewers that are listening to this the next time you see that v kind of reminds me of a dove of, of them in flight um, you know, you look at the look at the lead guy, and and you think about that, and you go, yeah, makes makes sense. Well, yeah. Next time I I see a flock of geese, I'll definitely think about that. But I like that analogy because I think you're right. We're not 
doing things on our own and we do need the people around us. And whether we're leaders or whether we're not leaders, I mean, we're always leaders in one way, shape or form in our life, right? So I think knowing when to rest and knowing when to lead is really critical. Um, what else have you learned about leadership? I mean, obviously that's been your life and your education and you've been an, a leader. You know, what's critical for leaders to know, especially right now with all the many changes and stressors that are happening with people? You know, when we're, when we're placed, oh, there's so many things that come to mind. And the first one is um, it, it's not perfect settings, whether it be a business place or an educational workplace or an institutional workplace or a hospital or whatever. They're not perfect settings. So if we can accept that going, we're not expecting perfection. We're going in and doing our best to help uh to help fly with the with the rest of the with the rest of the team, and to always remember that we're even though as a leader um, we feel sometimes we want to be in control, so we got to have this done because we have a responsibility and we have deadlines and all that kind of stuff. There are some times that we cannot be in control, and that's a hard thing to do, especially when we are very responsible. We want to be responsible. We want to see outcomes and deadlines and whatever, whatever it might be. So that's, that's an important piece. Um, gratitude, just being grateful. You know, I think of some of the colleagues that I worked with and I so love them and the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'm sure they probably say the same thing about me too. We all have good, the bad, and the ugly and so much laughter and, you know, working through stuff. And, you know, you talked about that forgiveness when people let you down. And that's part of it. That's part of the story, too. Learning each other's stories is so powerful. Um, so those those are some of the things. And and know that you're not alone. You're in something much bigger. So you're a part of that. So those are those are some things that come to mind. Mm -hmm. I love that. So what's next for you? You said you're retired, but I don't really believe that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought I was um, there. Well, right now I'm, um, I'm working with the university doing some research and the research is there's a team of us and it's working on leadership and wellness mm. and what happens to leaders when they're exhausted or when they're not, not well. And what are some things that we can do to support them? So that's an international um, uh, research and was, that's uh, supported with a grant, which is we are so grateful for. Um, the the giving back piece is committee work. So and you know I, there's a a number of different boards that I that I uh, sit with and and as an advisor um, and that's great. Like some of them are two meetings a year and some of them are once every three months or what have you, but. They all do such great work. And um, I'm just amazed at some of the things they're able to accomplish together in their volunteer time, in addition to their work. So I love, I love doing that. Um, um, our church is our home. So just walking in there is, um, is that energy. That's how I get energized. Um, and you know, even though there, again, there are so many things that are not always right with the world, but being able to recover and to help others and to have that 
spiritual strength to get through the most difficult times. Uh, so I do lots of music stuff in the church, whether it be choir or playing or funerals and weddings and all that, that kind of stuff. Um, this Women in Leadership course is really exciting. That's a one-year journey for me. And uh, that'll end next May. And, you know, here I go again. I have no idea after that. And, you know, people might think, geez, you know, you're living on the wild side. You should have a plan. I have no plan. And it's the greatest freedom and feeling um, other than enjoy every moment that I can with my husband and our children. Um, I'm not a grandma, but uh, that's a gift of time to do things do things for others and, and enjoy friendship. So um, I always look forward to seeing people that I've worked with or hearing from them and seeing how they're doing. So that is, that is great as well. I do lots of coffees with people, a little bit of consulting uh, with school districts and with uh, university colleagues. So that's just fun stuff, right? Yeah, that's awesome. You're, you're busy. And I like that. And I love that you don't have a plan and you're just open to what's going to come. And I know amazing things are going to come your way. So I, I like that advice as someone who's not yet at that stage. Um, I really aspire to that just to keep doing things um, to make a difference in the world and to really follow my curiosity and my passion. So you're an inspiration for that, Linda. Thank you. So this podcast is called Sparking Action. And I just wonder what advice you would give to people to help them create a spark of action in their own life. Well, my wish for anyone who's listening um, and for anyone that, that I work with is if there's one little thing that you can take away that helps you, it's like a baby step. Um, take from it what you will and know that um, there are so many possibilities and things are possible and keep your faith and believe in yourself and do not let fear control you. That's really, really important. Um, and, and no, you know, if a, if a little girl from Manitoba that was born and raised on a farm and couldn't speak a word of English and, you know, so many other things, you know, we can, we can do this. And more importantly, we can do things together that are really amazing. So if there's ever an opportunity that I get to meet anyone that listens to this, and if, if they say, you know, that one little thing helped, it's just like hallelujah, because it was worth, it was worth the time. And uh, this is a new thing for me. So I'm so grateful to you. Thank you so much for having me and uh, just look forward to cool things in the future. Well, you're welcome. And, and thank you. And I think this makes a really great um, ending to our conversation. I've learned so much. I'm going to have to go back and take a listen as well to, you know, just process everything and take some notes as well. And just, and just again, learn from you, but I really do. I, I feel very inspired by you. You're a woman of action. You're a woman of faith and you're a connector. And I just love all the things that you say about turning fear into love and really believing in ourselves and having that purpose of making a difference in the world. And like I said, I really aspire to, to be that way as well. So thank you. I know that you're motivating and inspiring my listeners and I look forward to seeing where your journey this year leads and your journey beyond. And I look forward to staying connected with you, Linda. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who's listening. Take care. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. 
If you did, please share with someone who you think might enjoy hearing it. And if you have an idea for a future guest on Sparking Action, please connect with me. Also, I'd love to hear your feedback, comments, and suggestions for the podcast. I look forward to connecting.